0: Welcome to the crossview church message of the week we hope you enjoy the message this morning for more information visit us at mycrossview.com well this morning we're going to jump back into our series where we've been looking uh, at some of the most uh, important words concepts and themes found throughout scripture and i hope that this series has been meaningful to you We've, uh, we've I've had a lot of great conversations about what the Lord has been speaking to people's heart and mind throughout this series, taking these kind of rather large concepts and work, understanding them well and then working them down to a place that they have an active, uh, or, or we can live those out in our daily lives. Uh, so I hope that the Lord has been speaking to you in meaningful ways over these last several weeks. To start our thinking for this morning on today's word, let me ask you this question, how would you describe the feeling of anticipating a future that is better than the present just think about that for a moment you don't need to say it out loud but what would you say how would you describe the feeling of anticipating a future that's better than the present maybe you would describe that as being really exciting uh, maybe you'd say that you're a bit unsure uh, i think most of us know that experience it's called hope <laughs> and that's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about the biblical concept of hope. Hope's our focus. And hope is an incredibly important biblical concept. So simply put, hope is something like a state of anticipation. Uh, or, and it's, so there, that's one part of it. But it's also connected with the idea of expectation. So you could say something like, I really hope I get that Christmas gift I asked for. That's anticipating, being in a state of anticipation. Or you might say, I know I'm going to get that uh, gift that I asked for because it's the only thing I put on my list. (laughs) That's anticipation combined with expectation. Anticipation connected with expectation. We kind of understand these experiences of what hope is and what hope feels like. In English, Uh, Our concept of hope is used in a broad range of things and how we think and how we speak. Some more trivial, like you might say, "Uh, I hope that I can get that parking spot at work today. Uh, Or uh, something more significant, we uh, would apply our understanding of hope to something like, I hope he or she will make it through that chemo treatment. So we can go from trivial all the way to really significant in terms of how we use this concept and how we think about the idea of hope. Well, as we look at Scripture, hope, we find it all over the place. And it is such a powerful concept. And just like many things in Scripture, it works a little bit differently than how we might typically use that word in our own culture. So I want to say this. I think it's important to understand something about this right off the bat. A fundamental truth about hope in the Bible, and uh, Pastor Holly and I had a fun conversation about this this last week. It's it's kind of giving, giving the point away right away, but I think it's important that we understand this as we go through uh, what we're gonna uh, as we go through um, the the message here for the next couple of moments. So, a fundamental truth about hope in the Bible. Tim Mackey from the Bible Project helps us understand understand this when he writes this: Biblical hope is based on a person. Biblical hope is based on a person which, which makes it different from something like hopeful optimism. <laughs> Biblical hope isn't focused on circumstances. Biblical hope is, faith, is focused on a person. All throughout Scripture, hope is focused on and founded in God. God, and then as, as we move through the Scripture, we see that that focused on Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Romans fifteen thirteen says this. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Matthew, when writing about who Jesus is, Matthew actually quotes a passage from Isaiah 42, and he writes this. Look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the nations and he will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public he will not crush the weakest read or put out a flickering candle finally he will cause justice to be victorious and his name will be hope for all the world first peter in chapter 1 verse 3 peter calls jesus a living hope We've heard this passage before. Praise be to the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now I could go on. There's lots of scripture that references what hope is and how hope is understood, focused on God, on a person. But realizing that hope is, hope is focused on God in the, in the Bible and in the New Testament and on Jesus is vital to our understanding and seeing clearly how hope works throughout the Scripture, how it shapes the way we think about it today, and what it means to live that out here and now. So in the context of the Old Testament, we are introduced to two words or two concepts when it comes to the idea of hope. The first is that of waiting, the first word that is translated hope in the Old Testament is essentially means to wait. This hope uh, uh, is connected to this earlier idea of anticipation that we talked about. Anticipating or waiting for a better future. Now this is pretty familiar to us. We are, uh, we, this makes sense in the story of the people of God. We're used to hearing scriptures, especially around Christmas time, that remind us that we, uh, that, that the people were waiting, hoping, and longing for a Savior, right? We understand that. We're familiar with that. In Isaiah chapter 8, verse 17, we read, I will wait for the Lord who has turned away from the descendants of Jacob. I will put my hope in him. And then in the Old Testament, we hear other passages that we're very familiar with about the people were waiting, hoping for a different type of future. This is one that we'll look at here in Isaiah chapter 9, where we often hear it at Advent and Christmas. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The the land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, and there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. And then the part that we recognize. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice they will rejoice before you as a people rejoice at the harvest like warriors dividing the plunder. We also see this idea of hope and its connection to this idea of waiting all throughout, uh, all over the Psalms. Just, it's everywhere there. So again, we're, uh, we're used to this idea of hope. Something like looking forward, longing for a brighter and a better future. But here's the cool thing. That's only one part of understanding hope. There's this another uh, word in the Old Testament that's translated hope, and this, uh, it's connected to the idea of waiting, but it also means something more. So it's the next step in our understanding and recognizing that, that in waiting we have that experience, but there's another experience that often walks alongside our sense of waiting, and it's the uneasy feeling of tension. So uh, it's uh there's this word uh again Tim Mackey helps us understand the second Hebrew word for waiting and waiting and tension. and he writes this the other Hebrew word is quava which means also to wait but it's related to the Hebrew word quav which means cord so when you pull a quav tight you produce a state of tension until there's release or relief that's quava the feeling of tension and expectation while you wait for something to happen So we see this idea of of waiting for God and experiencing tension all over the place, (laughs) right? Think of God's people in slavery in Egypt. They're longing. They're not just longing for a savior, but they're longing for a savior while they feel like their cord is pulled tight and it doesn't feel good and they just want relief and release. What about wandering through the desert or God's people lingering in exile in Babylon with, with all their people captive and their home destroyed? They're waiting in anticipation, hoping for God to do something, but also experiencing this uneasy tension like a cord pulled too tight. The wrong needs to be fixed. God, when will we experience that relief? I think we can also relate to that experience as well, can't we? I'm sure that there's many of you, in fact, I know that there's many of you who are feeling something similar in a number of different areas of your life, whether that's situationally or relationally, but you long for this relief of tension in, in a particular situation. And we, as followers of God, anticipate, and we do our best to trust that God can actually do something about that cord that's pulled too tight. <laughs> Now, here is the power. So we're understanding the concept in the Old Testament as we move to the New Testament. And this is, this is where it gets really exciting. Because here's the power of understanding why biblical hope is rightly focused on a person. Rightly focused on God or Jesus Christ. Because the resolution for the tension wasn't found in an optimistic happenstance the resolution of the tension that God's people needed and wanted, the hope that they longed for, the hope that we long for, the outcome of that is is found in God's active working in the world. (laughs) That's how it's different from our culture. It's not just an optimistic, I hope it works out. (laughs) Our hope is focused on and based in God. Think about these stories. What the people hoped for, what they longed for, what they needed, was actually with them all the time, the question is, did they see it? You need freedom from slavery in Egypt? God sent Moses. You need uh, guidance in the desert? God gave them a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. You need water and food to survive? Here's water from a rock and manna every single day. You need a place to to live and thrive as a people. Here's a new land that I give you. You need a leader? Here's a king. You need rescue from captivity? Go rebuild the temple. And on and on and on it goes all the way to Jesus Christ of Nazareth in the New Testament, our Lord and Savior. Biblical hope is rightly understood, focused on a person, and that person is God. The hope, that as, as we follow God, as we experience this in Jesus, the hope does not go unresolved. The cord that's pulled too tight, we get relief in God through Jesus. Amen? Whew. In God, through Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the waiting intention becomes confident resolution. In fact, you, maybe you caught already, but a couple of those scriptures that talk about hope, especially in the New Testament, talk about confident hope. This is incredible when you understand this. One commentator wrote this. This is N.J. Gupta, a person that we've been reading a lot throughout this series. And he wrote this. He said, When I sat down to investigate how the Old Testament uses hope language, I was surprised by what I discovered. I had assumed previously that the Bible primarily used hope to talk about eschatology, which is kind of a big fancy word that, that means the final redemption and restoration of God's people and of God's world. He says, of course we find that, but what was unexpected is that the Old Testament does not portray hope only or primarily as something set upon a distant future time of fulfillment. Israel often engaged in the confession of hope in a very now kind of way. In the Old Testament, Israel conceived of hope as a a forward-looking expression of a day-to-day trust in God. So how might the spirit be trying to reorient the way that you think about how hope works in your life here and now? We do find a few occasions where hope puts on binoculars and and gazes into the the far distance to try to catch a glimpse of what is to come. But by and large, Israel's expression and confession of hope expects the covenant God to guide each and every future step and respond now to each and every plea. Amen. That's what God does for us. This is incredible. Praise the Lord. Amen. So as we move to the New Testament, it's very clear that this idea of biblical hope is alive and well in the person of Jesus Christ. God in flesh and blood, Jesus is to this point the most obvious example Uh, to all of us that God is with his people and providing uh, for us in the tension of sin and brokenness that we experience. Again, 1 Peter 1, 3, this is important to understand. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Romans 8, 1 through 4, reads this, like this, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong in Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. This is such good news. This is the gospel. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies that we have, we sinners have, And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He he did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Amen and praise the Lord. (laughs) Not only does God guide each and every step now and in the future, not only does God uh, faithfully respond uh, now to each and every plea, But God, through Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross, deals once and for all with the power of sin and death in our life. I think that one of the biggest takeaways from understanding biblical hope is that because it's based on God, our hope is not uncertain. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) That's huge. That's a huge shift in thinking about how hope works. Like I said earlier, Biblical hope is, is, is not only forward-looking optimism. There's, an, there's, still an, there's still this anticipatory part of what hope is and how hope works. But biblical, in Biblical hope, the tension is resolved in Jesus Christ. He's with us and providing for us every moment of every day. The people longed for a Savior, they got one. The people needed someone to lead and guide and provide, they got that. The people needed someone to fundamentally change them from the inside out this has happened too and all of this has taken place not because of a random set of circumstances or happenstances humanity didn't just get lucky <laughs> right <laughs> we are a people of confident hope in the god who has time and time and time and time and time again come through he is faithful we see it in our scriptures. I'm sure so many of us could tell stories, so many stories of God's faithfulness in our life. And if you need, some of the, you need a touch of the Lord and you need him to be faithful, you can know that he will be in your current circumstances and in the tension that you currently feel. Powerful. We are people of a confident hope and a God who has come through time and time again and he will continue to do that. Ephesians 1.18, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that He has given to all those He has called, His holy people who are rich, uh, who, who are His rich and glorious inheritance. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 25 through 28, we see this. It says, I see the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for He is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with joy, the joy of your presence. Incredible. So one final thought for us today uh, as we think about this idea of hope Uh, this idea of hope based on God, knowing that God has already and will continue to come through time and time again, uh, we can do what the earliest disciples or followers of Jesus did, which is cultivate a habit of hope. In his chapter on hope, again in Jay Gupta, he called it practicing daily hope, like exercising a muscle. He said it's like what we get to do as followers of Jesus is use it as as a muscle or a tool in our daily life. I love that idea. That's so great. And he writes this. First, we have to stop thinking of hope as only vague wishes about an ethereal future in heaven, though there is aspect of that. Paul would not have condoned Christians sitting on their hands, living in a fantasy where they dreamt about a utopian bliss. (laughs) Hope requires imagination, Uh, But that heavenly imagination then is meant to have a direct impact on our present lives. How is hope, your understanding of the way that hope works in the Bible, how does that have a daily impact on your present lives? One last example that he gives, uh, and I, I added this at the end because this is compelling to me. I really like it. He said uh that participating in hope practicing hope can maybe sometimes be thought of like a dance and he says I don't dance often or well (laughs) neither do I you should ask my wife about uh our wedding dance oh terrible I'm sorry Christina oh not good I'm not a dancer and I don't like to dance and I was like I love you but is this over soon (laughs) don't do that everyone uh, I don't dance or, uh, often or dance well, but I know that when two people dance together, it requires faith and hope. You place your trust in the other person as a dance partner. You synchronize your bodies, and there is a consistent feedback loop of responding to each other's movements. In the Christian life, he writes, this kind of dancing hope is the daily energetic hope of a relationship dance with Jesus Christ. Prayers whispered throughout the day. Little risks of faith expectantly anticipating the Spirit's work I love that language little risks of faith we can do that because our hope is confident in a God that'll come through right little risks of faith that uh that uh expectantly anticipate the Spirit's work little trusts that believe God will place steady ground under the foot taking each step this is biblical hope how does it work out daily in your life and in your experience and your actions that you take Worship team, would you come on back up? So as the Lord speaks to your heart this morning, how is he shaping your understanding of biblical hope? How is he leading you and guiding you in this moment? Is your heart and your mind open to him, asking God, where do I need to uh, apply this? Where do I need to shift in my thinking? How are you moving and transforming me today? How can I practice hope with confident trust in the faithfulness that you have shown throughout your scriptures, throughout our church, throughout my life? Help me take little risks of faith that believe you are who you are and that you'll actually use me for your kingdom here on earth. Amen? Can I invite you to stand and let's pray.